This podcast has been made possible through funding from Fans for Diversity. Hi everyone, welcome to the Football v Transphobia Week of Action. This is the second podcast in our series today where we're talking to different trans and non-binary people in football, getting a view of their experiences, their lives and finding a little bit more uh, about um, what they get up to. Uh, so today I've got with me three players from Charlton Invicta. Uh, I have Julia, Naomi and Samuel uh, who are going to be talking to us about their lives in football, getting into football, and what's going well at Charlton and Victor that means that you know that, that these uh, trans players are able to kind of feel included there and, and keep coming back, which I think is going to be really important for other clubs to hear about how they can bottle that up and, and take that essence of trans inclusion uh, to wherever they are. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, so I'll go for, to Naomi first. Would you like to t- tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name's Naomi Reid, my pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm on the Charlton Invicta committee as the brand and campaigns lead, and I'm a player, I play in central midfield. Um, I also chair an LGBT committee for the media industry called Intermedia, and my day-to-day job is an employee experience specialist, which covers diversity and equity and inclusion, um, and things like employee health and wellbeing. Thanks. It's a wonder you have a time to do this podcast with all of that, but uh, <laughs> well done. Cool. Should we go to Samuel next? Hello, Samuel Bailey here. Um, my pronouns are he, him. I'm very much less impressive than uh, my fellow no, no, not, not less impressive. <laughs> <laughs> podcasters, but um, I've, yeah, I just started playing for Charlie and Victor kind of in the most recent year or so. Um, and this is one of many trans and LGBT activist podcasts and panels that I've been starting to do since around November. I was going to say, yeah, definitely not less impressive. I've seen 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 a lot of you this week. I think you were one of the one of the faces yeah, of football sure. v transphobia. Yeah, I've been so. reached out for almost everything. I think it's because you've got the powerful name. That's what it is. That's what it is. Pam, yeah, Sammy, it's not Samuel, like I chose it and I chose the most common common trans guy <laughs> name. I think that seems to be going around. Chose well. <laughs> You're definitely the face of this week. Hundred percent, quite a lot. One of many sounds, I think. <laughs> uh, and finally, Julia. Hi everyone, I'm Julia. My pronouns are she/her. Uh, I started playing with Invicta just over a year ago, before the pandemic started. Um, I normally play up front uh, or on the wing. I've had a great time since I joined and. Uh, in, in the day job, I work in the media uh, sector, uh, and I'm also involved in the LGBT plus network at work. Wonderful. Thank you. Great to have you all on. So, I mean, hopefully people listening to this will have listened to the previous podcast with the football writers and will know that, you know, that what this is really about is a bit of an exploration of like, getting beyond the usual stories that we hear about trans people often. You know, not that there's anything wrong with transition stories, but often we hear a lot about that kind of thing. And what I'm really interested in is get, giving people a, a really kind of three-dimensional view of trans people as kind of members of society. And of course, in this case, as footballers. Um, and, you know, I'm a footballer myself, so like, or at least I pretend to be, uh, or could have been until I you know, got old. Pretend very, very well. Well, I mean, have you have you seen? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is one of the things actually. So you know what. Like, there are quite a few now, I think, trans footballers in the UK, but most of us have never really played together. But 
which you folks have, which is why this is exciting. And we'll maybe get on to why you're all at the same club in a bit. But I mean, I always start with kind of origin stories. Um, and, you know, because I think that's useful for people to hear about, to hear that, you know, like we're all from kind of different backgrounds, different upbringings, different kind of life situations. I mean, who would like to give me a bit of a flavour on your kind of origin story and how you, how you got to the point where you're, you know, a, a successful footballer playing at Charlton in Victor? I can kick us off. Yeah, go for it. So uh, I like the fact that you described us as successful footballers. I often you're, on, to... you're on this podcast, so that's successful. <laughs> I often refer to my career in football. Um I, I started playing football at so, like a really young age. I think I played under fives. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's because my parents wanted to just get me out of the house at the weekend, um, which is kind of weird, but okay. Um, and yeah, I, I played in just the kind of standard um, leagues. So obviously, um, yeah, growing up in, in boys football, um, and I just, I, I always loved the camaraderie of it. And, and just, it was something that whenever I went there, nothing else mattered. Like I didn't have to think about anything else. Like anything, I, I feel like I was quite a worrisome child. And like, whenever I went to football, that was just like the time where nothing else mattered. I could just relax and just think about the game. Um, and I kind of, I, played, I really wasn't very good when I was young. Um, didn't really have an awareness of the game. Uh, I, I basically got fed up with being on the bench when I was about 13 or 14 and went to play basketball because I was like, I don't want to be a sub anymore. And then playing basketball gave me this amazing awareness of space and movement. And then I came back to football and then I actually understood the game a little bit more and like, where I should be, how to create space. I was never the fastest player, so space was super, super important to me. Um, and yeah, that, that's when I found a real genuine love for football. Um, uh, the Arsenal Invincibles team was something that was like otherworldly to me. I'm not an Arsenal fan, I'm a Leeds United fan. I was going to come on to what team you support in a minute, yeah, because we had a bit of controversy with that last time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was kind of when I really fell in love with football, started kind of analysing my performance and like looking at how I could be better. Um, but yeah, it's just always been a, a kind of sanctuary for me playing football. Yeah, I mean, that I, I hear that a lot. I know, I think that that chimes for me as well that's always been, been a thing for me and actually it's interesting because you kind of seem to kind of straddle that line of I've heard people say before that there's people that play football and there's people that are football fans and often the people that play football they're not necessarily big football supporters but but you kind of are aren't you so you kind of got that both both things going on with you yeah absolutely <laughs> that's cool again there's probably lots of like repressed childhood like mental thoughts in there <laughs> like it was probably the one thing that I saw my dad get like really animated and passionate about so the, there's probably a lot of things that are like wrapped up in that <laughs> yeah well maybe we won't get into that but it's, it's interesting because I'm <laughs> my my um so my, my wife is from Leeds and her dad also used to go to Ellen Road like every week and so on. I don't know. But but she kind of went the other way. So she saw that passion about football and she was like, she noped out of that. 
So it's just quite interesting how they like, to see the different 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 things. Uh, probably lots of other lots of other differences in those stories, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, who'd like to go next then? Who to give us a bit of a, a flavour of yeah. go? Um, yeah, Julia. So I moved around a lot uh, as as a kid. Um, you know, different countries, di- different schools, um, but. You know, th- throughout all that, football was always you know, my preferred sport. I think how, how good I was varied depending on how fit I was at the time. So there were periods in which I was I was great. You know, in the school you know, first team uh, or A team, whatever it w- was at the time, and you know, go into a lull for for, for, for a bit, um, and you know, it, it, it would go up and down. Um, I wasn't that much of a, a football fan uh, when I was young. I think that sort of coincided with moving around because I couldn't really. Yeah, pick a club to support and 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 go you know go to games that often. For me, that sort of uh, defeats the point of being a fan. You know, be, being a fan from from afar. I know lots of people are fans from afar. It just yeah, you know, d- didn't work for me. Uh, although I am now a fan um, uh, of Charlton, so I get, came to uh, Invicta um, very much uh, with Naomi on what she was saying about. You know, football being somewhere you could you know, forget about the rest of the world. Uh, I often think you know it's you know, one of the few places I can sort of lose myself. Um, you know, for an afternoon, for an evening. Um, you know, whatever else was going on. You know, at, at university. You know, exam stress, whatever. You know, going out and playing a little bit of football, just casually. You know, with with friends. Um, that was always, uh, you know, great a great distraction, and I guess sort of, you know, more more recently, um, yeah, you know, I guess you know, th- throughout the transition, you've got lots of things going on in your life, lots of things changing. Um, as soon as I got back into football uh, after a bit of hiatus, you know, it was always a place where I could sort of forget everything, you know, especially in Victor, you know, transition is sort of a, a non a non question, and just play football it was really really good um yeah on the subject of support so i mentioned i supported charlton uh that was a bit more recent uh, after i moved to nearby so they're very much my local club back in the day uh when i lived uh, abroad uh, in the czech republic uh, i started supporting sparta prague so support uh, went to a few games back then enjoyed some uh, rather esoteric european matchups uh, from, from time to time, you know, away teams coming in from Moldova, uh, um, amongst other places. That was my first taste of uh, being a fan, uh, really. Uh, but it's nice to have somewhere a little bit closer to home now uh, to support. Yeah, wow! So isn't the um, the Prague derbies a little bit uh, a little bit of a taste? It, 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 it can get quite t- quite tasty. I remember going yeah. to one. Uh, there, there were there were fireworks. It's cut, the sort of thing you don't normally see in English in football Europe, stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> Was I should know this, but is it Sparta that used to play at the Strahov Stadium, the one that had like multiple pitches? Look like at. You may have, this might have been probably before the, your time, but I read something. Yeah, I on believe I, I believe that would be Sparta, in the sort of the yeah. north, uh, the, the, the north northwest of the city. I, I was always Stra- fascinated. Stra-Hoff. I was always fascinated by that because it was like an old Soviet stadium that had like six pitches and like actually had stands around the outside or something. It was really odd. I just thought, what what possible use is there for that? But was, I don't think it's there anymore. That's, no. that's a. That's a <laughs> Little aside, which is what people come to this podcast for, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Samuel, 
yeah they and it was interesting um hearing from Naomi about like male family influences and things like that I definitely feel like my a lot of my kind of younger years and stuff was was to do with that my dad has always been obsessed with football and and kind of my my whole dad's side of the family has always been quite obsessed with football and that definitely got me into it I never really played on any like teams or in any leagues when I was kind of like below the kind of secondary school level it was all just kind of out in the playground or um my dad was I was obsessed with the fact that my dad could do like 80 like pickups and I was like I want to be able to do that and like I would just stand in my nan's garden for like hours and hours on end and be able to do like five and I was like how can you do so many how can you keep going it doesn't make sense and like I was obsessed with being able to do tricks and stuff because he could do all of that stuff and then kind of around the the age of 10 my my stepdad came into my life and he sports Cholton and you know I I went with him because my my brother had only just been born so I was the token child to be able to take to games and get a season ticket and get the get the kids season ticket and use the cheaper kids season ticket and all of that stuff and I was going to Charlton games with him for quite a few years in my younger years and that was a kind of, kind of around the time I was starting to find out about teams and I was playing on on like all girls teams but it might just be the the closeted trans in me or something but I just really like really didn't like the culture of, of women's teams and the like just the fact that everyone was gay and like I was gay at the time and and I was out and stuff but I didn't like that that was like a real big focus and like I could sense from early age going to games like the football culture and I was like picking up on the football culture of, of women's teams and I just found it quite hostile and I don't really like it that much mm. um and then I also just found it I found it really difficult to to like try out for teams and things because uh, I'm quite in that way I'm quite a shy person I know it's crazy because I'm on all these panels and, and podcasts and things but <laughs> I can be quite kind of nervous and and quite get quite anxious and that kind of really plays into when I was trying out for teams and they'd be like oh you're not really what we're looking for because everyone was just so out there and all the girls were just so loud and I just couldn't I couldn't get with that and that was what was so great about Invicta the first time I came to training Gary and Colin were both coming up to me and they were like just do what you want to do if you want to if you want to just watch that's fine like we're here for you as more than just a player we're here for you for the other aspects of of the game and 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 not the game and training and everything else and that was like the first time I'd ever felt that um we're trying out for a team and that was like a complete like 180 turnaround for me um yeah so that's been awesome no that's excellent I mean because that's I mean that we'll come on to this in, later on in the podcast because I think you know want to kind of drill into what is what is that essence of inclusion that that, that works so that people can kind of copy and paste it elsewhere. But I think you you've touched upon there something that's really important to me, which is this kind of idea of football as this holistic thing. You know, like we've talked a bit, and I agree about the kind of when you're on the pitch, sometimes you you can forget about everything else and it's kind of an escape, but also like there's the off the pitch element as well. And like, you've got to feel part of the, or you want to feel part of the team off the pitch as well. And you want to get something out of, or actually maybe not everybody does, but I certainly feel you want to get something out of it from a social perspective as well. And it's just really important for you to have called that out. Sure. So, I mean, I kind of wanted to um, make this a proper football board, a football podcast. Um, and like, 
think a little bit about, well, talk a little bit about kind of what type of players we are, because Naomi started this one off by talking about being a central midfielder. Uh, and I like that kind of like, you know, that idea of basketball as a, a way of it being able to explore space. Uh, I'd never really considered that. I mean, I actually did play a bit of basketball and I'm, I would say I'm a central midfielder. Whether my appreciation of space is good, I don't know. I've, I've heard through like a little dicky bird elsewhere that Naomi's quite a handy player. So I've never never been able to check this out firsthand. But um, like, what sort of players do we do we do we see as kind of role models? What kind of um, is there anyone you modelled your game on, for example? I, I mean, I, I'll definitely take that I'm a handy player. <laughs> Whoever said that, I'd I'd like to send them that ten pound. But um. well, whoever said it, I think is a pretty handy player themselves, so it's high praise. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not I'm not going to name names. Yeah, this is this is Natalie's wicked whispers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I yeah I think honestly that that move into basketball genuinely transformed me as a player. Like before, I didn't really have a position. I I kind of play up front just because. I like scoring goals, <laughs> but yeah, that 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 awareness of space is just so important in the game, and it, it just transformed how I viewed things. And then it gave me much more of an appreciation of a pass and kind of arriving, kind of edge of the box quite late. I've yeah, always, kind of the Paul Skulls kind of. Uh, yeah. So I, I would probably you probably model yourself on him, of course, but. No, being a Leeds fan, that would have been yeah, exactly. absolutely yeah, <laughs> um, But, I, I mean, not as bad as Paul Scholes, but in a lot of Leeds fans' eyes, probably almost as sacrilegious. I always loved Frank Lampard growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just because the the way he timed his runs, the way he arrived in the box, his passing, his bringing other people into the game but also that ability to kind of get forward and score goals um yeah I, I just think I thought he was like a complete midfield player um yeah maybe he, it I feel like his defensive side wasn't quite as good as some others but that that probably equates to me as well I I, I don't think I've ever made a slide tackle <laughs> Oh, you've you've not lived. You that's one of the finest pleasures. <laughs> I, I, I'm much more of a I, I like jockey people and like send them the way that I want them to go. But, more, more the continental type of midfielder that stays on their feet. Yeah, I, better I've, midfielder. <laughs> yeah, I've never been like blessed with pace or been particularly quick at anything. So the way I see it is, if I throw myself into a slide tackle, it's going to take me too long to get up, even if I win the ball. <laughs> so yeah I try I try and stay on my feet I'm pretty good at like anticipating things I'll nick in uh, nipping and nick the ball off people but um and just yeah lots of jockeying lots of reading the game and I mean I'm sure I'm sure that these two can testify a lot of shouting at people a lot a lot I've heard this a lot (laughs) basically I will boss you around on the football pitch but not in like a egotistical sense in the sense that I want to win. Like I, I want, win. I want my team to do well. So I'm going to help my team do well. You you want a midfield general, don't you? You want someone who is going to kind of organise things, get hold of the shape, you know, pull pull the other central midfielders into the right position. You, you do want that, yeah. I I always wanted to be that, but um, I don't really like shouting much anymore. Um, so it's, that's that's kind of my problem, but. 
yeah. I, I, I do think kind of yeah being, being trans and like being on the, that's probably the one time that I, I kind of football obviously as we talked about is that that plate that place of salvation that place of safety but sometimes when I shout I get just a huge little kick of dysphoria because my voice is so yeah. naturally deep um yeah. but I feel like the, the will to win kind of overrides that. <laughs> yeah, 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 that figures. Um, Julia, you said you're something of a like a forward winger. Yeah, so oh, the, the, these days play, play out front or on the wing, but what wasn't always uh, like that. Um, spent quite a lot of time at uni playing as a defender more. Um, so I think converse to Naomi, but the only position I have really played is centre mid. Uh, in, a, in addition to uh, being a keeper, uh, unless uh, we were dreadfully short uh, for, for any reason. I think the, you know, part, part of that change came from the transition of just a very uh, different shape, um, as it were, to before. So before it was, you know, lots of, you know, crunching slide tackles, you know, like, you know getting, up, getting in the way of the ball, um, you know, just generally putting my body uh, on the line, which I still do do enjoy, uh, but you know it comes with its uh, physical challenges. Uh, playing in the mi- play, playing in the mixed game, uh, and I found uh, you know b- being able to you know jump in uh, in in the right place uh, at the at the right time up front. Uh, you know m- making the right run at the right time is something um, that, that works quite well for me. Uh, so re- repurpose myself uh, since. Uh, joining in Victor, I think at one point before that I was a striker uh, before being a defender. So I seem to alternate between the two, but nothing in the middle apart from being on the wing. Which, sim- like 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 Naomi said about herself, um, don't have the most pace in the world. So I'm not sure where this whole uh, winger <laughs> identity has come from. Um, but you know, a lot are, of the same- are you are you kind of a Beat the beat the fullback on the outside and cross type of winger, or are you a cut inside and have a shot type of winger? Because that, that I think that kind of probably more cut inside. Uh, oh. But I think as a winger, you do have to do um, you know your share of crossing uh, as well. You can't just pretend to be a striker. <laughs> well, I mean you can, but yeah. <laughs> well, at that yeah. point, you might as well just call yourself a striker, and that's yeah. fine. These days, they're quite they're um. The line's a little bit more blurred, isn't it? You know, you, 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 our forwards are expected to operate anywhere across the front line, uh, which you know changes things a little bit. I always think I've, I, I, I so I've, I used to play as a kid. I used to play at centre back actually, but that's just because I was tall. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say I'm a central midfielder. But then I, pl- I played up front for a couple of years. I always used to like playing wide midfield, but then that translated for one team. For I played a year at left midfield. And I'm extremely right-footed, and that didn't go very well. Although I actually did win Most Improved Player that year, but we all know what Most Improved Player means. I mean, you were crap the season before. So, um, but like I, you know, I've I've played in all sorts of different positions, but it's um, yeah, centre midfield is the one I like to go back to. Samuel, I wanted to come to you next. Then, um, positionally, like, what? Who are your kind of? What position do you like? What role model type of players do you see? To take, like, if, if I if I was a, a coach trying to sign you, what how what how would your agent describe you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same as you. I think I was I was like I've always been destined to be in defence, and I think that was upon playing on on women's teams. I'm about five eight, and that was 
that was decently good. A lot of the goals yeah. I was playing with were, were like five two, five three. So for for them, I was massive. So I was just like constantly before even being watched, I was just put in the back. Um, so I was sort of acclimatized to it. I think. Uh, I think like everybody else, I started off like really wanting to pretend I could score, but that's not that's not happening. Uh, I lobbed our goalkeeper one time, and I think I've been holding on to that for about six months now. So and when you say <laughs> lo- lobbed your goalkeeper, was that at the right end? Yes. No, not in a game. Not in a game. It was in training. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was in training. Right, yeah. It's, it's important that the listeners understand that because yeah, yeah, you don't want to get. Um, I but, mean, no, it was they... beautiful own goal if it was the right. <laughs> Well, I've, I've done yeah, I would have taken so. that and run with it, I think, if that had happened. Yeah. But both no, both are highly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I have I I think I've I've kind of come to terms with it. Um and and same as kind of everyone else. I I haven't got the pace for, for the wing or midfield to be honest. And uh, I think from what Julia's saying, I kind of relate about kind of post transition um I'm quite a shy player and being on a team with so many cis men is really quite intimidating for me um so I do struggle with that a lot so it's so it's quite nice being on the back because I'm normally on the back with Gary and he's always there to kind of encourage me and as Sam's in front so that always works out quite well um but I'd say kind of player wise um I really do idolize the U.S. women's national team um Mm. and Tobin Heath specifically I think she's absolutely bloody amazing um, and I could watch her with a ball all day if she's absolutely insane and I think that comes from a lot she she is really smart with the ball and she can literally weave through 10 players and get to the goal and it's phenomenal and also she doesn't need to put her body in the way which I'm greatly appreciative of that somebody can do that because I'm terrified of doing it when we see the other team. So I would love to be able to do that and weave through all those people without touching them that would be brilliant but yeah, I'd say I'd say anyone on the women's national team, on the US women's national team, but Tobin Heath specifically, I think she's awesome. That is yeah. such an amazing shout, Samuel. I, I <laughs> honestly the first time I saw her play, I was just mesmerized. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I, did, I didn't really know much about her or who she was. I just I was like, I need to find out who this is. And, and yes. frantically <laughs> And I'm, and then you're just two hours deep in compilation YouTube videos of her and ball skills. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, how did I end up here? And you've got you're wearing a shirt, and it's all like yeah. crazy. So, but, but you don't regret it. Oh no, no way. There's there's something quite enduring about the appeal of like the U.S. Women's uh, National Team because like they they're really good role models for the game as well. I think that's it. They're not afraid to to say something. They're not afraid to to take a stand and just obviously in the, the you know the the arguments essentially they've had with the um you know, u.s soccer about um pay is, is is a really great example oh yeah but there's so many great role models in there and uh, you know it's like i mean i am um, just from a footballing side I, I really was i'd never really seen rose lavelle play before the you know the last world cup and she was amazing and just like the stuff she can do with her feet is just incredible um and there's, there's so many quality players in there but just the, as role models i think they're really fantastic as well yeah they've really they've really got it all down they've got they've got rapino and she's yeah. phenomenal in and out who tweeted in support of trans rights yesterday, got, by the way. So Yeah, I, I retweeted her tweet yesterday <laughs> yeah. and I'm I'm constantly waiting for her to pop back up. And then you've got Ashlyn Harris and her wife and they just adopted a child and 
and, all, and I follow them and I actually it's funny that you mentioned the pay gap because I actually did uh during my A-levels I did an extension course that got me like an extra half an A-level or something and I did my essay on the women's national team the US women's oh. national team and the pay gap um and all of the stuff they were doing to try and make it smaller or, or non-existent um so yeah it's really interesting yeah cool all right so I mean we so we talked a little bit about kind of you as footballers and actually you've you've touched on it really well Samuel there so you've kind of led me into the next bit which is talking a little bit about Charlton and Victor um so obviously you've all you've got involved at different stages um but I wondered kind of what what is it that what's the kind of the essence of inclusion that that's working there that means that you kind of wanted to go back for that second training session because i speak i speak to trans people so often that like that you know they they might be the only trans player at their club and they feel fine about it but their this club is struggling to make that that step to kind of make sure that people see that as a trans inclusive club and obviously it's it's a it's an lgbt specific team right so it's not just for lgbt people but plays in the you know, london unity league and the gfsn league so that that carries a different connotation with it but what in your views what like what is What's the special source, if you will, <laughs> that means that that's working? For, for me, uh, it's a it's a balance between uh, the whole team being vocally supportive um, of us, um, of trans people, and you know, of trans inclusion, uh, but balanced with not making uh, a big deal of it in the day to day. You know, when we when we turn up for training, when we play matches, we're there to train and play matches. Um, you know, and everyone talks to each other. Normally, it's not a big deal to be trans uh, and be there. You know, and, and even when people, you know, slip up, you know, you use the wrong pronoun or something like that, everyone deals with it in a sort of sensible, mature manner. It's not a big deal. You know, people have to get corrected and you know, get you know, and learn about it. You know, get educated. Um, so for me, that's, it's, it's that balance. Uh, I think. One of the one of the things I love about the club is it, the fact that it's it's there's allies in the team as well, and I think the, there's people that it, kind of the outside looking in, thinking, "Oh, this is an LGBTQ plus football team," and seeing the allies like they they're people that aren't out of place in like a Sunday league men's team, and I think that's a that's a really really special thing. Um, and the fact that kind of Julia touched on it there, that that there's not that there, there just isn't that barrier. People like are genuinely supportive when they need to be and, and vocal about like if anyone said anything to any of us on the pitch, all of our team would back us. And not not in like an aggressive confrontational way, but we would just have their absolute support. Um, and, and then, like, at the same time, it's just not, it's really not a big deal. Like, when I, I, I kind of um, joined the club first out of our, our little trans crew, if you will. <laughs> um, and I remember... Trailblazer. Uh, you can say trailblazer. It's fine. You, you can take the credits. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I've had half-decent player, trailblazer. I can just add on. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you can't upset your guests is all I'll say, you know, you've got, you've got to say nice things. My, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I basically, I've always loved football and 
<laughs> upon, I, I don't want to kind of dwell too much on this, but obviously the, the standard story of a trans footballer, um, it, especially one that's played all of their life. So I, I played all my life. I then came out as trans and the, the, to me, there wasn't a space to play. I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable playing men's football. Um, I, I wasn't at a stage of my transition where I could play women's football. Um, and so I was just like, oh, I, I just can't play anymore. I was like, I'm, um, I'm getting, getting on a bit. <laughs> Maybe it's just time to call it a day. Um, and basically my housemates at the time were just kind of noticed I just got really down and depressed and after kind of about two months of me moping around every weekend because I didn't have football to play they they just helped me like look for LGBT friendly teams and the, the concept of it hadn't even occurred to me but they were like surely there's LGBT um, friendly teams around and found Charlton and Victor and I think it's that is that kind of welcoming non-plus reaction to you say and at the time I was still going by my old name so um, and for me like with anyone when they come out to it's such a huge deal that you think everyone else thinks it's a huge deal so I was like panicking thinking oh I'm telling them a masculine name I'm saying I'm I'm a trans woman and I think like yeah, there, there was just so many things. And speaking to, to Gary, who's the manager, he was just like, yeah, come down, sure. Like, just, it, it just completely ignored all of my panic. I was just like, I haven't got, I got a name yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just that, that really relaxed, kind of welcoming feel. Um, I went down to the first session. And um, as I say, like, ally players there. And I was a bit like... I came straight from work, so I still had like a face of makeup on as well. Mm. So I'm like, what are these people going to think? Like, this is, I, I was just really, really nervous. And then yeah. like, went on and people were just treating me like a human being, which is, which is really all a trans person ever really wants. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, I kind of started playing and then obviously we talked earlier about like football being that that place where you just forget about everything so as soon as I started playing felt really comfortable everyone saw that I was was all right and um, yeah it just kind of went on from there and just the team was so supportive so Samuel I mean you, you touched on this a little bit earlier but like how did you feel before you went to that first training session like what what was it that the, the, the club and the people at the club and, and you know, probably, you know, Naomi and Julia, if they were there as well, did to make sure that you felt included and how, like what, what advice would you give to someone who was maybe in a similar position to you before that first session? Yeah, for sure. So like finding the club online, like I, I, I kind of went through the same thing as Naomi. I was getting like really down that like I just got rejected from another women's team. And I was just like, this, like it, this sucks because it was also really funny. It was a team that I tried out for and I ran circles around their players. Um, and then I got rejected and I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I was getting tired and I was like, I just want to play football. Like, why is it so hard? And it felt like this like big thing where you like, 
and it, it really gets you down that you're like not good enough and I'm just like I just want to play football I'm like and I even offered for teams that I tried out before in the past I was like can I just train with you because that's that was enough for me to just get to train with someone and like go somewhere once or twice a week and and like have that like team mentality and that just wasn't working out and I couldn't understand why and I found him in Victor and I literally just sent Gary an email um and he emailed me back like the next day and he was like yeah training's on Tuesday you know this the this the address just show up and I was like okay I've heard this a few times before um I'm not gonna get my hopes up like let's just see what it's like and being quite like an anxious person I was like what are people gonna be like what like because right, you can't visualize that when you don't know what anyone looks like and you don't know what the training ground looks like or anything like that I was I was terrified and I just showed up and hobbled along and there's like four pitches and I was like what one do I stand with like who's Gary and then like I saw them wearing like the chore and stuff and and I could see like Gigi and I was like all right that's, that's probably him so I, like I went up to him and he was like yeah just put your bag down get involved like all that stuff and I was still quite tentative and through the whole thing and it like the same thing that both Julia and Naomi have said about the team that just like no one cares but in the best way because everyone's just there for a laugh and um and at the time like Tom was still playing with us he's injured right now but he was just like joking around like he usually does and like taking the piss out of all the guys and I was just like all right like I feel like in six months time I could I could be joining in with all of this banter and stuff and like that was making me feel more easy and then we kind of split up into smaller groups and I was sussing it out and by the end like it was like I'd, I could just breathe uh, and then I spoke to Colin at the end and he kind of really told me about what Invictus was all about and he was like you can do whatever you want you can just come along for training sessions you don't have to come along every week eventually you can play if you want you know it's completely up to you and he was he was asking me a little bit about myself and like he was like what are your pronouns and everyone was kind of just like oh yeah what are your pronouns and then like moved past it and it was just that was all it was and I was so early on in my transition just socially and that stuff made me so scared and it was just Colin was just like yeah what are your pronouns and he was like, oh, I'd struggle a little bit with that kind of stuff. Like, could you just, like, tell me a bit more? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And it's just that, like, openness to, to all the allies and all the cis people on the team, like, they just want to understand so that they don't get it wrong because everyone just really wants to be on your side about stuff. Uh, and it really made me want to come back. And I think one in the first or second training session that I went to, I, I dropped one of the guys home. And he was also like, oh, sometimes I struggle with this sort of stuff. Like, I just want to clarify, like, these, like, this is how you like to go and this is your name, right? And just, like, that was it. And, and I think for anybody that's really scared, like, you couldn't have been more scared than I was, trust me. <laughs> like, and here I am, like, a year later and I'm doing all this stuff and I talk to Gary and Sam, like, pretty much on the daily and we've got the group chat and I'm included in all the bands now and, like, you doesn't like like don't be scared and don't be nervous about it because you couldn't have been more scared than me I'm such a baby when it comes to social situations and I survived and I'm fine <laughs> so and yeah. you get involved in the band tonight <laughs> 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 I, 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 mean, just, 
just just to add to what Samuel said as well, like and, and context as well. So Collins, our chairman, he's a I, I'm I'm ballparking here, and I, I'm <laughs> I'm going to go lower so that the, <laughs> this reflects well. Collins Collins are an older gentleman. I would say maybe, maybe like sixty. <laughs> um, good shout! Good shout! <laughs> Basically, Colin would be flattered. <laughs> he, um, like, you, you wouldn't expect someone kind of of that generation to be as, uh, as kind of forward thinking in terms of learning new things. Like, you've, you've got to look at it in the sense that everyone has their, their kind of starting point for learning these things. And for someone of that generation who's grown up in a certain way in London, he's really, really pushing himself to learn about yeah. like trans culture, what what being transgender means. And I, I really appreciate that. I think um, it, it's it's that's one of the reasons why Invicta have been so sex, successful in in this aspect. And like kind of on top of that, for me, I, I so I joined the club towards the end of the season and then the next season I, I was like I really want to be on the committee because I could see the the drive from the club from the committee from like the chairman down essentially to to be more than a football club and there's a genuine desire to to really really promote LGBTQ plus inclusion and I think there's at times there's uh, a kind of sense of safety in sitting within that LGBTQ plus bubble, um, and and particularly, I, I guess, in in a footballing sense, because most of the players are, are cis men. Even just that that gay element of that, but <laughs> I think what Invicta are trying to do is break down those barriers and actually genuinely kind of permeate permeate society and and. Be, there isn't there there aren't these barriers here there is like there's no reason for them to be there everyone is just a human being that likes to play football and i think that's yeah. that, that, that was one of the things that really really i don't it, it, it it's not something that can be easily verbalized in the sense of um that inclusion piece is something you feel when you go there yeah and the, the sort of feeling yeah you you walk into a room you look around and you get you get that feeling of you know, the way people are standing around you, the people you know, the way people are looking around you, and yeah, 100%. totally yeah. agree with Naomi. Um, yeah, and oh, I'm like, go on now. Um, Invicta in was you know my, my way back into football. I you know, stopped playing uh, after leaving university, and I've never played outside of a sort of school or uni environment in, in a big way. Uh, so I sort of didn't know where, where, where to go. I mean, in, in general, you know, regardless of being trans, you know, I did other sport, you know, played, played squash uh, quite a lot, um, but wanted to get back into that sort of team uh, in, environment, you know, the camaraderie, the banter uh, as well. Um, you know, I, I looked up, you know, w w women's clubs, um, you know, shortly after I started transitioning, but it was a very daunting prospect to approach any of them, especially at the sort of stage of transition I was at. Uh, at the time, it was you know, by sheer luck um, that I happened to live nearby, I happened to have started supporting Charlton, heard of Invicta, uh, had actually bumped into Naomi 
um, at, a, at an industry event. You know, we, we both work in, in, in media. Uh, uh, I remember looking at the, the Facebook page and I was like, wait, I've, I've met you in, in, in real life <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're here playing for this football team. Um, so you know, it was a, a, a fortunate uh, coincidence. Uh, I remember pre being pretty apprehensive uh, before coming down for my first training session. I'd messaged uh, Gary as well. You know, wasn't really sure you know, what the whole vibe was. Um, you know, but within five minutes, it was pre pretty clear that I was like, oh, this is chill. This is not a big deal. And you know, pe people made an effort to make you feel uh, included. You know, little things like you know, making them to go you know, introduce themselves, you know, learn about you, just chat. Um, you know, Colin, um, you know, great with this sort of stuff, you know, introducing uh, me, me to everybody, you know, check on how I was doing, you know, how I found it, was I enjoying myself? Um, so, yeah, you know, making an effort to get us all on the pitch. You know, when it came to matches, you know, friend, friendly matches, especially, you know, giving us space um, to, you know, find our feet uh, in a slightly more competitive environment. Uh, as well and, and pushing us um you know which has been been really good um so yeah and yeah now i'm here back in football yeah i'm glad you are yeah and, and that's that's great because that's what this week is all about right it's about i've spoken to a couple of people today who someone i'm really pleased has found a club today like as a trans woman who's getting back into football after a few years today and, I, and that's these sorts of stories are so important in giving people that kind of hope and um like inspiration to go and uh, to go and get involved. So yeah, wonderful. Okay, so in the, on the on the subject of inspo, uh, I think we should have a little you know a little bit of a, a chat about kind of the best moments we've had in football. I say we. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you mine, but um, you know, what, tell tell us something like what what is your best goal you've scored, best moment, just something that you know like. The thing that you want to tell people about because you, you're never allowed to are you? you're never allowed to boast about the best goal you've scored or you know when you went past seven players and like, like do that now that's what i want to hear that, like i feel like the way you said that it was <laughs> it had happened so i feel like your story would be better than all of us that's why i'm not telling you that's why i'm not telling you <laughs> Because because if I don't say anything then people will assume that i've gone past seven players and laid on a goal which is <laughs> She doesn't want to show us up. That's what it is. Oh, it's yeah. just a kind podcast host. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm holding. I'm holding it back for hashtag content later on. So, no, no, my, my job is to disappear into the background here. So, you know, so, right. Samuel, tell us about your. Uh, <laughs> tell us about your. Oh your God, finest football with, moment. My, with my very very limited game ex game exposure. It doesn't have to be in the um, game. Well, it doesn't have to be in the game. Could be, could be anything. Well, I think I, mean, I did touch on it earlier on. I mean, loving Alex was pretty pretty epic of me, I think, personally. To be able to do that when he's as tall as he is and can jump as high as he can. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that I don't think I've ever set foot past halfway line, um, even in training. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was quite impressive. Um, I'm definitely one to regrettably shy away from a challenge I think so when it when it comes to being able to just have a ball and and take it I think that's great but I think also in one of our last training sessions I don't know if it was if it was that little low in COVID we had or something but I think we were doing a drill that was you know if you if you don't score 
you got to get in goal. And I think we had the whole mm. team in goal except for me. And I, I think I do put that down to the fact that I was waiting in the back and it was first come, first serve. But I'll take it anyway. I was last. So I think I want it. But I'm definitely one that I do not want stuff kicked at my face. So I definitely think I was somewhere in the back hiding out and not, not touching any of the balls. <laughs> Hey, Samuel, take take a leaf out of Bukayo Saka's book. You you meant that. <laughs> yeah. ne- never admit you didn't it. mean something good. I, I scored I scored two goals in a two run victory once, both of which were crosses, uh, and both of which sneaked in at the top left hand corner. And I claimed both of them. It's fine. You, you turn the game around yourself. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, yeah. You've got to claim fluke everything. or not, it's down to you. Yeah, well, on the subject of goals, I thought, that I thought you said you were you were going to hold back from bragging today. That's, that's not the best one. Don't <laughs> worry, don't worry. That's not the best one. <laughs> that's she's, just going to trickle them out. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's going easy there, but yeah. If, if my be- if my best footballing moments were two uh, deflected goals that came off the left back shin um, in the Cambrian District Sunday Football League in two thousand and six, then. No, actually, I'd probably be quite happy with that. Who am I kidding? But uh, no, that wasn't what that wasn't what I was thinking of. <laughs> Julia, sorry, you were you were you were going to say something? Yeah. Well, m- m- most of my goals have come from poaching, um, so there isn't a great deal, uh, you know, impressive story to go al- along with, with with any of those. So I have to go back a bit further. Uh, it was a co- college game, uh, so back 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 at, back at university. Uh, tried crossing it in um, you know, with a volley off a throw in. Um, it was you know, just a little bit above the, ha- the halfway line. Uh, made a complete hash of what was then a cross, which then became a shot on target and uh, glanced the underside of the bar and went in. Um, and, uh, off the I, bar is always so satisfying, isn't it? Ex- ex- exactly. Oh, um, because it also it was one where if it were any lower and you know, we wouldn't have hit the bar in the first place, and the keeper would have got it. So it was that perfect uh, height to come in, uh, you know, lo- lo- lobbing the keeper off a volley from near the halfway line, off a throw, which nobody expected, including me. Again, you you just need to take that. You need to be like, yeah. I'm- oh, I celebrated wildly. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> the thing is, right? You didn't uh, mean not to score, did you? Like you weren't actually trying to avoid scoring, so therefore yeah, yeah. If, if, you were if, trying to score. If you punt it in the direction of the penalty box, it doesn't really matter you know, what you're yeah. trying. It could end up as a cross. It could you know, be a pass. Uh, it could be a clearance. Yeah, you know, it's in the right direction of the pitch, and if it goes in, so much the better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People have been saying get it in the mixer for years, and it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not. Um, it's not without merit. <laughs> God, I sound like such a proper old football pundit here, don't I? Yeah, just get it in. I, I promise you, I'm not. Um, I'm quite progressive in my footballing views. I'm just waiting for more cliches to come out now. <laughs> hey, Amy, save us. T- t- tell us. Uh, tell us about your your finest footballing. Uh, so, I, from a personal perspective, it, it has to be like last season. I, I, I got goal of the season in yeah. LUL. Um, was it the no? Oh, it might have been the cup. Oh, I can't I can't remember which competition, but it was it was goal of the season for that competition. <laughs> um, and this video of this exists. Can we can we add this to the? Can we tweet this underneath? Can we? Yeah, why not? Put yeah. it out. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, I, I I kind of um, I was probably maybe about 25 yards out. Um, 
got the ball kind of played played into me like so I was pretty central to the goal someone on the left played it in um like let it come across my body controlled it on my right foot so that the ball kind of went to the left a little bit the defender totally bought that dummy and then I, I with my left foot kicked it back onto my right foot and then curled it into the top corner from about oh. know, 20 yards out it was it was pretty special and it was my first goal for Invicta as well and then, like, I turned around. I was like, I was, I was ecstatic. I turned around, and literally, like, the whole team came, like, ran. <laughs> even every, even all of the supporters ran on the pitch and like bundled me. And, uh, the, the I'm proper imagining like, some kind of like 1960s FA Cup tie, you know, where like kind of like, you know the lower yeah. league club has knocked somebody out or something, and the the entire town seems to have piled onto the pitch. Yeah, <laughs> pitch Honestly, invasion. Yeah. Literally, the ref was just blowing the whistle and being like, "Get off the pitch! Get off the pitch!" <laughs> but yeah, that that was a that was a pretty special moment. First goal for Invicta, and I I, I don't like saying good things about myself, but yeah, I was I was happy with that. Yeah, so um, you, should, you should be, you should be. I, I think as as well, like a team moment though. Like I need to just throw this one out there. Um, we were playing in the GFSN and um, we travelled up to Edinburgh and um, on the day of the, the game, uh, sorry, no, on the day of the trip, the day before the game, a couple of people dropped out. So we, we ended up going up to Edinburgh with 10 players mm. and um, we got there and like uh, Gary, the manager, uh, basically decided it was best not to kind of tell people just so that we still had the mentality of like yeah we're coming here to win and I mean it worked out because we ended up winning 3-1 with 10 players it was it was absolutely incredible like everyone put shift it was it it, it could have been a movie it was like a torrential downpour uh like Everyone was just all over the pitch. The the commitment was incredible. And then when when we scored that third goal to really just like put the nail in the coffin, but again the whole team just ran over to to mm. celebrate. Like the people running the length of the pitch to to join in. Um, yeah, that that was pretty magical. We we should film more of our games. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like we it, could yeah. get some pr- pr- pretty great moments. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I feel we need you get an Amazon Prime Amazon. documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. We need an Amazon documentary. Well, if anyone from Amazon is listening, it's, this this sounds like it's going to be right up their street. Incidentally, I've heard the story of the, of the game <laughs> in Edinburgh from Gary, and I think obviously because of its cinematic, uh, you know, intensity, but also did Gary not score the winner or the second or the third? Yeah, uh, yeah, Gary did. And the thing was, before that as well, he missed a really good chance. Ah, see, he didn't mention that when he relayed the story. No, 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 but he, honestly, he thought, he, he was like, he was really gutted because he missed his chance. And then, and then literally about two minutes later, he managed to, he managed to score. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, I don't know, it was just absolute euphoria. You know, there's moments that you live for in football that, yeah, yeah it was it was just that for a, a, a GFSN. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, I don't see how anyone can really fail to be inspired to get into football after hearing a lot of these stories. But, you know, I hope that, that people will. And I think the, the, the stories that the three of you share today are really valuable and really important. And I hope that there's some trans and non-binary people out there that hear that and are inspired to go and kind of seek out their local club. 
um and you know obviously get in touch with the campaign get you know get in touch with any of us i'm sure um to to, to find out a little bit more about that um final did anyone have any th- final thoughts or final things they wanted to share i think just kind of echoing what you just said like don't be scared there there are teams out there the gfsn and the lul uh, are inclusive leagues and the teams that we play with in there we've got a good relationship with most of them with all with, with all of them and um yeah there's a, there's always a place for you there's a, there's people are welcoming don't don't hesitate just just throw yourself in there and people will receive you well yeah so obviously the the lul is obviously london but the gfsn is is national so you know there's, there's people can in in a lot of major cities anyway there are clubs and, and probably outside of some major cities um and you know um, my experience is, is playing football outside of those leagues as well so i, I just play in the women's game and I, I, there's lots of good clubs there as well so um on that note i think we we can wind it up there uh so, so again thank you so much for all of that uh, i think you know again I said this last time and I'll say it again. This is one of these conversations where like the host is supposed to say, oh, we could talk about this all night, but I probably actually could talk about this all night. Um, but I'm not sure uh, people probably would listen, but you know, we've, we've got to give people time to some, to do something else. Um, but yeah, to, 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 thanks again to the three of you. Um, to, for people listening, um, depending on when you're listening to this, it probably still is the Football v Transphobia Month of Action for 2021. Um, so you can get involved on social media by by using the hashtag FVT2021 or the hashtag TransFootyAlly. And what we're really looking to get people sharing is just like um, you know, the, the, the three people on the podcast have done today, sharing their stories of how allies have been important in terms of getting them into the game, what, what allies can do, what sort of things we as trans and non-binary people want to get more of from allies. What, what are we missing at the moment what do we hear more about and so just get involved and look out for loads more content um, if you haven't heard the previous podcast go back and check that and talk to football writers the other day um, and maybe we'll get some more podcasts during the week um, but otherwise there's plenty of other content coming content's coming so um can i can i do a shameless plug you can do a shameless plug take a look at Charlton and Victor's social channels there's going to be lots more coming as well that, that contributes to the football versus transphobia uh, week of action and yeah just just check it out it's a really inclusive some really good content yeah Naomi's giving me a heads up as to what some of the content is and I second that definitely look out for that there's loads of good stuff coming on there so yeah thank you to to julia to naomi and to samuel you've been brilliant um and i hope people get a lot out of listening to this um but thank you once again and enjoy the rest of your week thanks for having us thank you